Welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defects Podcast. My name is Winter, I'm a comedian, and this is my show. You can follow me on Instagram at WinterDominus. You can find me on Twitter at Joker underscore Season. You can find me on Facebook at WinterDominus, all of those places. Little funny videos and stuff is on my Facebook, Twitter, all those places. Go follow me on Twitter, I've got not many followers because I deleted my account because I took all the jokes off, rewrote them, and then started up a new account, which I'm not sure if it was a good idea now, but let's see. Follow me there, Winter. That's me, Winter, on Twitter, at Joker underscore Season, Instagram, at Winter Dominus. That's Winter, D-O-M-I-N-U-S. Now, I hope everyone's well. Uh, I know we're looking at another lockdown at the moment. Fine £10,000 for leaving the house. Ooh, it's a bit steep, to be fair. I don't think anyone's going to be able to leave the house. So what are you going to do? I don't know. I know. Look, I know this is a depressing thought, looking to the future. But I'll tell you what, I've done everything I can do at home, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm Netflix... I mean, I'm, I don't know, I guess I could just continue with Netflix as well and continue sort of my sedentary lifestyle. You see so many online gyms now, you've got Peloton are doing it now, don't even need a bike now, could just do it calisthenics. Yeah, I said that right, I did, I nailed it. Uh, so how things have been going with me? Uh, not too bad, but this is looking like a depressing few months if it continues this way. I was supposed to go to New York in November to do some gigs and unfortunately I had to cancel that and I'm hoping to get my money back for the flight because I didn't want to go over there and wait for two weeks in quarantine because uh, I'd have to travel there, wait two weeks for quarantine, then I could go out and then when I come back I have to wait another two weeks and that in between that would have been two weeks holiday. So that's six weeks. I can't take six weeks off. Uh, so well we say that, well we're inside for only uh, three or four months there. Everyone took stuff off. But I know, look, this is a depressing thought. But this one is a great episode. I really enjoyed doing this one with a really good friend of mine, Jason Stamp. He gave me my first gig back to comedy when I took a break in between coming from Ireland to England and trying to get all my finances in order and everything like that. Because comedy sometimes doesn't pay very well when you're kind of cutting your teeth in a new place. But this is episode 78 with a very funny, really great guy, Jason Stamp. He's doing an amazing thing with comedy gigs around the area of Cambridge and beyond. He's moving into other territories in Big Deal Comedy, he's even created his own hashtag, hashtag the takeover. So go check him out. He's on Cambridge Radio as well. That's Jason Stamp, Big Deal Comedy. And this is episode 78 with this great guy. Jason Stamp, welcome to the Comedy Defect. Thank you for um, raising this room um, in wherever we are, we can, in undisclosed location. Undisclosed location, but it's beautiful, yeah. Yeah, in Cambridge. Yeah. Cambridge, Cambridge. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, so it's Cambridge, because so they've served me my coffee in a glass without a handle. That's, uh, yeah, it's oh, like yeah. a, you, there's no spoon in it, it's been outside, so it's like, you know, I mean, you live life on the edge, man, that's nice. <laughs> so how have you been, man? You, it's, uh, how, how, what's been going on? I've been good, mate, yeah, I've been busy. Um, like everybody just everyday hustle just trying to fill the diary up and keep turning up and hope people ask me to come back not any more complicated than that really is it uh, you telling me before you did the Cambridge Fringe down here yeah it's my venue s- as well wasn't uh, it? no I was at the Portland oh, over the oh, roads oh, I can say that because yeah. we're not there it's fine I was at the Portland Arms which was nice that's um so it was four venues that was the bigger one which is nice I think you said you've played that room yeah, so it's a lovely little room isn't it room, so yeah. Um, so yeah, it was second year of doing the Cambridge Fringe, it was busy again, sold out again, so yeah, it was just, just a lovely day, everybody just came to watch comedy, I think most of the shows were sort of pretty well attended, so. There's that, there's a really dodgy step in that, in that venue, isn't there? On the, you know, the, where the green room is, you go, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a fuck, you, you go in there, it goes like, 
actors are come, trying to come down the stairs really quietly while another actor's on. You're like, you know, just like distracting the fuck. Yeah, well, the room was packed, so I, kept, I sort of hid up there first, just running over notes and stuff. Yeah. Then come, then you're right, you come down the stairs and everyone just sort of looks back at you because yeah. heard the step. Like you've broken the fucking thing. Like, yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Guys. And I'm a big guy, so the assumption is I've just broken the step. Yeah, that's, that's how it. that goes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so your and your show was called. It was, was bad guy this year. Bad guy, right? Okay, yeah. cool. And what was your, your show about? Basically, it's the, the last year, and you know, a lot, lot changed in my life. I kind of quit the day job, mm. came out of a relationship, so I just sort of rushed in an early midlife crisis, really. So, I kind of got to the stage where I was just doing whatever I wanted to do. So, mm. I'd sort of tell stories to people and stuff, and they'd be like, "You didn't actually say that." And I just, I suppose, from a comedy point of view, I just switched off that little thing that says "Don't say that out loud" because mm. I thought, well, you know, I might get five minutes out of this, yeah, and it doesn't yeah. matter if I upset anyone. So. Totally. So yeah, that was basically <laughs> exactly. Yeah, whereas when you've got a day job and you're, you know, people are relying on you and yeah, stuff, yeah. you've got to be careful what you say and what you post and all that. Whereas now I don't have to worry about any of that, so it's That's been brilliant. Nice. It's been liberating, like it, very, yeah, very much so. And you can talk about, and you know, I never talked about the day job when I had a day job because mm. you just never know bringing a company into disrepute and all that kind of stuff. Oh, right. What was your day job? Then? I was a retail manager for probably the last ten years ish, something like that. Um, yeah, and of just what in, retail company. Uh, a company called Screwfix, so oh, yeah, it's like a DIY. Okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I was there for a long time, um, and actually really liked it. But yeah. when I came out of my relationship, sort of similar time, I just got a bit bored of it and just decided, right, I need to make a change and come out of that and actually give this a go because otherwise I'm going to look back. I'd rather because mm. yeah, the thing is with retail, it's not something that you need to keep up to date with. So if mm. I did this for a few years and I decided oh, I couldn't make it work, mm. I could go back to selling boxes from shelves. It wouldn't yeah. be a problem. Yeah. Whereas if you've got a job that needs qualifications and a brain, then it, you know, obviously that's more, that's more difficult. Things you've got to recertify. You probably have to requalify and all mm. that. Yeah, whereas with mine, it'd be like, okay, cool, with, for this company, it's yeah. that thing in this box instead of yeah. what was in it for the Screws last company. Screws don't change that much. Like, as a well, not dramatically. Okay. No, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure people will try and reinvent it at some point. I'm but sure. yeah, right now, it's a pretty simple simple. <laughs> System, so yeah. yeah, laser beam saws and stuff. You just kind of go, well, look, see, this cut's just a lot cleaner, and it's just it also cauterizes the wound when you cut it. So, and when you know, that happens and ruins the industry, I'll be glad I jump ship when I did. Mm, That's how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so you just, you just, you just so there's been a, a a year of clearing stuff out of the way for comedy, right? Yeah, pretty much. I think the first step was. You all know as well as anyone that comedy's so unstable mm. in terms of a job and you're so reliant on everybody else. I thought, well, if I build my own infrastructure, then I won't be reliant on anybody else. Great. Whereas it's great to go and do everybody else's stuff and get asked mm. to do certain things and, and, and people want you to do it. But I thought the World Cup last year was a real big thing because I had quite a full diary at one point mm. and then all of a sudden people were in pubs anyway. So yeah, yeah. gigs were getting cancelled left, right and centre. Mm. And, that was great when you wanted to watch three matches a day and then at the end of the week you're like, wow, I didn't earn any money. Yeah, <laughs> right? And not only did I not earn money, I went to the pub to watch these games yeah. so I spent money and it was like, oh. So yeah, that was when I came up with trying to start promoting again. I'd done a little bit when I first started, a few yeah, open mics and that's stuff. That's right, because that was the first time I met That'd you. That'd be where we met, it yeah. In, in um, the black cat. In, bad in, cat, bad yeah, cat. Sorry, yeah. bad cat, sorry, bad <laughs> cat. Sorry. I think there is a black cat. Sorry, that's just, like the only reason why. That's just my negativity showing through there. Uh, just, <laughs> just the women of bad cat in, in Cambridge, and that was my first gig back after a couple, a few years break, man. I had a big break. Ah, that's that. lovely. I did my first gig in... Uh, 2004 and the 12th of July 2004 right. I took a massive break after doing 30 gigs which I'm, I'm, I, I obviously smashed 
Yeah, and, obviously. Uh, yeah. Went out on a high. <laughs> it was like, no I'm one like, can top this. I'll I'm, walk away while I'm on top. You know yeah. what, man? I completely can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm done, guys. You know what? Like, I haven't even done the fringe. I haven't even done my own show. I've got like five minutes. Of, you Still know. no one can pronounce my name. Exactly. I'm out of here. <laughs> exactly. So I've got my name. I just, you know, I haven't let go of that. It's just, so I, that was the first gig back, man. I was like, right, okay, I'm going to go back in because this is the right place to do it because you can get better so much quicker here. Yeah. And when we first met, and it was uh, in the back of the bad cat. Yeah. There, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, that was. That, that was, was a lovely nice. little gig. I used to it love was, those. Man. But I mean, I think that's where it became really addictive because mm. I'd done did one open mic in London mm. and then then the arrogance of somebody who thinks they can do comedy I died on my ass in London on the on the train back was like we should just run our own because yeah. then it's not 30 quid every time I want to go and do a gig totally. we could just set our own up so that's where Bad Cat was born it was me and a couple of mates just dicking around on stage really got a load of people down I remember the first ever one was it was actually at the Portland when they used to have this old room it was before they had it all modified it was this old room and it literally had egg boxes on the wall it was grotty as anything but it was brilliant for comedy it was so small and compact Mm -hmm. the first night there we'd only been to one comedy gig ever between the three of us so Mm. when it came to run an open mic we just took everything that we'd heard at this gig it was a pay to play (laughs) names out of a hat (laughs) and it was just everything wrong with what an open mic is as I later found out but I remember on the first night one act turned up and because I'd never been on Facebook or anything before starting comedy I was like right I better do that now because we've got to meet people Mm. thought we'd have loads of people coming didn't know the Facebook thing was if you get a hundred people saying yes that means one person's coming we had one act turn up charge this bemused looking act four quid to get in it was quite a packed room, to be fair, because it was just drummed up all mates and family and all that kind of stuff as you do. And then at about quarter past eight, when he was still the only comedian there, we were like, here's your four pound back. Oh, <laughs> um, no. Please just perform until we tell you to come off. Right? When, he, when he'd wow. got there, we were like, just do five minutes. Don't yeah. make us give you a light. We were really yeah, cocky yeah. about it. Then after no one was there, we were like, just just keep talking. Opening and closing. Yeah, and if you closing. could just keep talking, that would be amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, if you see me looking at you funny, just keep going. Yeah. It's absolutely fine yeah. until 10. And then we're all out of it. It's cool. I don't know if you ever met him, a guy called Marvin Tillman. Uh, Marvin Tillman. No, name rings a bell. Yeah, he was about for a long time. He's off running a pub somewhere now, so I don't think he kind of gets involved anymore. But he was brilliant, just this massive bundle of energy and loud and American. And and he killed it. So at the end, everyone that had come was coming over going, oh, that's really good. Um, He's going to be back next month, though, right? And we're like, yeah, he definitely is now. (laughs) And it's sort of built from there, and you just sort of fall in love with it. Like, you know, and I think. I wasn't really writing much material. I think I would just, it was just getting used to being on stage and stuff. Mm. I mean, both of my mates, I'd say, were much better writers than me, but just didn't really have the bottle or the mm. desire to stay on stage and keep making it easier for yeah, themselves. Yeah. So, and that's how it came. And then we ended up at the venue you did at, um, at the other side of Cambridge. And yeah, it was just lovely, just a little community built. And I still see people now that are running bits around Cambridge, and a lot of them did their first gigs for me. Yeah, and it was great. like, that's a really cool that's thing because nice we didn't have a clue what we were doing. We just yeah. gave people a, place to go and that yeah. was it really so yeah you've got quite a big network of, of clubs around here as well you have like uh, you had used to have like well commoners that's is that, that commoners are still uh, yeah dribs and drabs now uh, Ali was running a, mm. uh, a regular thing which we've taken over because she sort of just similar to when I stopped back at, she wants to go off and write more and yeah. she did a show at the fringe this year mm. um, whereas you know it's not when you're running gigs if you're doing too much and you've got yeah. other stuff going on it's very difficult to dedicate the time to do other bits as it's well so focus and like, no, just, yeah. I've got so much to do the list keeps getting bigger and just looking at you judgingly is like those words <laughs> yeah. and you keep changing the numbers kind of like could I have done that no, you can't, you don't, you're not allowed to cross it off yet just, you, just 
Well, well, and I know you, feel get, you get that fraud thing where you're on the way to do new material and you're realising, yeah. oh, I'm just going to say the same stuff because mm. I've not written anything. Yeah, totally. All the stuff I have written, I've written, I'm looking at a bit of paper going, that was never a yeah. thing. That yeah. looks like a shopping list rather than anything else. Totally bottle it like Yeah, like, 100%. Shit, Rightly so it. because you know it's awful. But yeah. it's just, yeah, I think I ignored the fact I wasn't putting the work into mm. writing for much longer than I should have. Mm. I was just like, no, I'll just turn Protect up. Protect the ego. Protect the ego. I think that's so important. Someone was asking me about like the first gig where I felt like I'd done all right and it was um, again it was in Cambridge and it was above a pub for someone and I think it was in my first proper five where I'd actually written material as opposed to turning up thinking I could just do it mm. and I did it I remember floating home that night because it finished on a little clap and stuff like that and I found that clip about a year nice. ago yep. and watched it back and it's the most horrendous thing you've ever seen in your life but I think it was just pure fluke that I finished on a joke that got a good reaction. Mm-hmm. Whereas if that had been the first, the only two jokes that got a decent reaction, if they'd have happened at the start and the end, I think I probably just would have quit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I just got away it? with it, really, because yeah. like I say, it sounded like it was uh, a good finish. So yeah. when I, all I had ringing in my ears when I left was the people with the handful of claps and polite applause and a bit of laughter. Yeah. Whereas again, if it, the three and a half minutes of silence in that set, if that had been all at the end, I think oh, I just right. never would have done it again. Always start strong, hope you finish stronger, hope you not finish on Yeah, and it wasn't by design. I don't think I actually looked at him thinking, well, that's a stronger joke than that. Mm. I just did it all and then what worked, worked, and mm. that was it, really. And so the uh, so do you remember the first date of your of your gig or first gig? No, I was trying to work it out. It's around about nine years now, oh. about nine years it's ago. Going up yeah. to the decade, man. Yeah, ish. Yeah, oh, work, which man. is That's crazy. Great. Yeah, but I think, again, like I think I felt like I was doing a lot, but I wasn't doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might have been three or four a month or something mm-hmm. like that for a long time, and then. Um, because I was running a lot of gigs, I just emceed loads. Mm-hmm. And then again, yeah. you're not doing anything, yeah. like you're really. Just interacting, but you're getting your legs, man. You're just getting comfortable on stage. I think that's the yeah. difference now. I feel it was a good apprenticeship, so mm. to speak, now, because I, you know, nothing phases me on stage. I can be halfway for a story, something happens, it's fine. We'll go, we'll go do that. If I come back and do a different story, do a different story, it's fine. Whereas, you know, it's like with a lot of people that are quite scripted. If mm. any, like someone moves a chair, <laughs> they have to start again. Yeah, just crumble, you know, I, and yeah. center yourself. And <laughs> they look like they're doing like a monologue to send off to an acting coach or something like that. And it's like they have to almost go back to the beginning and do exactly the same. To do the yoga breathing and just wait, guys, we're just going to be yoga yeah, breathing. And to get see. Because <laughs> you want to be real, don't you? You want to like just go, you know, uh, find it as, you know, what joke I'm going to next make it unique every time you get on stage isn't it really I think so yeah and I think with the way I've always done it it's like I'd love to say it's by design it's just the way my memory works it pops in I know roughly what I want to finish Mm -hmm. on and and that's it and then I you know I tend to just sort of bundle in from the beginning do whatever order I think works depending on who's there what I've heard work Mm -hmm. you know it's like these days if four people have spoken about the same thing before you go on then don't be the fifth like whereas the other yeah, three out of those four you think why have you gone on and still done that because yeah, totally. actually his bit was better than yours yeah. anyway what and you you yeah. totally. I get oh. it if there's a bit of a arrogance about walking on and going my bit's better than his I'm doing yeah. it yeah, but totally. like when it isn't <laughs> you just drop it or you see an MC go you see a bit so I want to do a bit and they go oh no I've got a bit on that I'm going to do my bit now just to fucking show that I'm the fucking best at this bit at that you know that's I had the it, terrible uh, thing um, I, went, I did hot water and oh, I was yeah. waiting to go on there and the MC overrun and she overrun doing a bit like the exact same topic as what I was going to finish on 
I sat there thinking, oh, okay, well, maybe I can finish on this. And then the guy came over and he was like, mate, is there any chance she's overrun? Can you drop two minutes? And I was like, yep, cheers. No worries. <laughs> so I looked like I was just this ultra pro. Yeah, I can just, I can clip that by two. No and thinking, thank God for that, because yeah, I was yeah. just having to wander out of rearrange my set. So, so yeah. I've always run gigs. And uh, we were talking before we started recording about you run, you're like running 13 gigs now or more. Yeah, it, there are thereabouts. Yeah, yeah with the sort good. of regulars and irregulars and yeah. one offs and pop ups and stuff like that. Yeah, oh, it's, shit, it's gone crazy. Yeah. That's our rank gigs for a few years, and they just, you know, we weren't making any money, and I was just running around all the time, and you know, two young kids and a day job. It was just, and I wasn't writing comedy to be fair, I just wasn't enjoying it. I was running around sound checking and then talking to people while better acts came on stage, and that was it. Mm. So it was good for a while, and like you say, you look back and think, actually, the time on stage was really helpful, but in terms of my development, I just kind of wasn't really going anywhere mm. with that. So I stopped doing Bad Cat, uh, I reckon probably about five years ago, something yeah. like that. Just because by that point, my other two mates had sort of dropped away because they didn't like getting on stage. So it was just me running so, around. So like, a, it was, how long after you started that gig did they drop away? Oh, very quickly. When we yeah. did the one at the Portland, that became like a bit of a regular thing where yeah. we would all go down there. It was on a Wednesday or whatever it was and everyone would go down and have a few beers and it was a bit of a social. But after I think two of those, when one of them after two attempts was like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. My other mate sort of dipped in and out every now and then, but like, yeah, I'm talking he'd do one every six months maybe or something like that. You're like, it was you're like, like me, that. man. You're like me, the last, you're the last of, of, the, of the group. It's the, the disease, the, isn't yeah, it? It's like you always one holds on of like, you know, the, the three that went off. Because I remember when I, when I went to the Fringe first, uh, I did the first, my first show in the old Jekyll and Hyde, but I had the nice room at the yeah, back. Yeah, that's you know? amazing. Oh, and that was like, I was just such a, it was such a lovely room. But we, the time we had was like quarter to uh, 12 in the morning. And like, you know, mate, you know the best time. Uh, and so, and so, but it was such a nice room, and like we got like one night we got two Norwegian girls in, and they didn't get any of our reference. I mean, like, but by the way, before we got up there, Albie Flowers. You remember Albie Flowers? Uh, he was around for a bit, and he was around for a bit, and then he before we got up there, he was named his name's on the the flyer and his face. He quit comedy, uh, and so that was great. That was one. That was a, that was an old. It normally takes a Edinburgh run to yeah, weed a lot yeah, out, isn't yeah, it? Before I was like, Shit, man, and I was like, so that was great. Um, and then finally, when we after the when we got so we me and Nick Root uh, had to do half an hour each, right? Yeah. And I was like, man, so I was emceeing the fuck out of it, like you know. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Right, just, just stopwatch. Yeah, right. Oh, I'm 14 minutes in. I can <laughs> tell a joke now. That's it, like you know, 20, 20, 29 minutes of like uh, crowd work with one person, you know. Uh, and so uh, yeah, so we're doing that, man. And like, uh, and then after that, Ron uh, Nick Root quit comedy as well. So right. like, I'm, I'm the same as you, the last of the dying. Oh, we're but, the jinx. Like, yeah, we're the oh, ones maybe, where yeah. they're like, they see, well, I'm never going to hit that the heights mm. of that. So yeah. I think the thing is, in my case, and particularly like, one of my mates, he was, I said to him like, recently, and I said, he's such a better writer than me, writer than me mm. at the time. Just didn't have the nerve to be on stage, but. It's funny how it goes full circle because I can see a little bit of regret now from him in particular. He's thinking, oh, maybe I could have carried on mm -hmm. with that. I did a gig a couple of years ago near where he lived and it was sort of about Peterborough away and it was um, kind of as a charity thing. Where it was a couple hundred people in this thing. Really, really nice. Nice, nice. I was only doing a middle, so obviously you've got oh, a great MC, spot. great opener, <laughs> so you're going to have a nice night. If you don't go in and balls it yeah. up, you're going to have a nice night. But obviously at that, it looks... Like it's effortless, but it's yeah. actually everyone else has just done a brilliant job. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you walking yeah. ride that wave and you come off and people are going, That was really good, that was really good. 
And I just remember my mate coming over, he goes, oh, I missed this. I was like, mate, fuck you, you never did this. Yeah, yeah. You did That's 12 cool. people at the Portland. Mm-hmm. I've been driving around from Aylesbury at one o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday before going to work. I've done this you before. You weren't there, man. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. And you get a little bit like, don't be dismissive of what this is. Yeah, like, yeah. the miles, the hours, and the sacrifices oh, we made God. just to be able to speak for 10 minutes in front of strangers. That's it, man. Like, it's not the same thing. Not at all, man. When you ramped up to do comedy, did you have a background in drama as well, or like you? No, not really. I think I was just a bit of a knobhead, really. I was just oh. a bullshit knobhead in the pub. Like, I was a guy who probably would tell the stories and think I was funny and yeah. get a reaction. Because it wasn't actually me that suggested... It was one of my mates who we all started together. He said to me one day, like, have you ever thought about doing it? And I, oh. I was like, well, no, not really. Like, I hadn't watched a lot of it. And um, and then he was like, yeah, straight on the internet. Let's go to London Tuesday. There's an open mic. Let's go do it. Let's go see what it was about. And that was it. I did it once, died on my ass, came off stage 20 minutes later. I was like, right, we'll do that again. And that's as simple as, yeah. really. So, Fair play, you died your ass the first time. That's horrible, yeah. Oh, it was horrendous, yeah. I was so naive. Like, I went up there thinking... Because in a pub, I'd go in there and I'd just quip off things and I'd mm-hmm. tell a story and it was funny. Just thought I could do that on stage mm-hmm. without any practice or skills. Yeah, yeah. So I went there and I was like... I just remember driving up there and... <laughs> I've told the story loads, but... A mate goes, oh, tell us one of your jokes. And I was like, don't need jokes, mate. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, just walk in, yeah, riff yeah. off the crowd like Johnny Vegas, kill it, mate. No We're just going to absolutely smash it. <laughs> Got there, the lighting was that you... And I, I'm very conscious, knowing now, I would not have had the skill set to do that anyway. But yeah. at the time, I walked on stage and you couldn't see anyone because the lights... I reckon for about three years after that gig, I had to check the lighting out on the stage before anything. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'd get to a gig about an hour, two hours early, just to kind of just stand there for a second. Yeah. So I knew what I could or couldn't mm-hmm. see, and then I could react to it. Yeah, horrendous. I just remember walking off stage, and this guy just slowly patted me on the shoulder. Oh, it was the most patronising no. thing oh, ever. No. Or the old classic. Did, did you enjoy that? Yeah, oh, God, oh. I don't even, nobody could even say words oh. to me when I came off. Yeah. I, I mean, in fairness, I think... Made a couple of jokes up about the room because it was really grotty. Mm. Got a couple of laughs, said a couple of things that were quite horrendous. Yeah. What was your did, first joke? Do you remember your first joke? Uh, it was along the lines of, because it was in this, did you ever do the old um, Lions Den? When it was yes, in, yeah. uh, like, um, when it was in the King's Cross. Right, so we, it was like their last ever gig at this venue. Right. So it had been going a couple of years. Right. It seemed like it was a bit of a culty kind of thing. Uh-huh. It was quite clicky. Right. We'd just bowled up because it was the first thing that came up on a Google search, and that's how we ended up there. Pay to and play as well, didn't it? Pay to play, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Names out of a hat, all yeah. the things you don't do anywhere else. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And then, so we got there, and this pub looked like a riverboat just thrown by the side of the road. It was horrendous. Yeah. And then it was in this basement, which was painted black. It had this massive painting of like a, a she devil with boobs hanging out, and everything. it was crazy. Right. Like. Mm. And I just remember saying to my mate, I said, it looks like they have fucking dog fights here on a Tuesday, yeah. donkey porn on a Wednesday, blah, blah, blah. Nice. So I did something along yeah. those lines. I would, no, I think I pretended it wasn't my first gig. So yeah. I was really at a Frankie Ball, so I thought I'd be edgy. Yeah. And I, I think my first it was, oh, this, this, my first gig reminds me of the time I saw a donkey porn show. Right. I said, uh, basically, someone was on stage, fuck, why nobody laughed? Yeah, or yeah. something like that. And then I was like, mm-hmm. and I got a little bit because I think I just referenced donkey porn yeah. on stage. And that's that was it. it. And then you walk off and go, well, why, that, why didn't that kill kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> some of the other you, stuff. you do that sometimes, you? you do that at the beginning. Because so, uh, it, it's because you've got those mates. Like, you yeah. say it to your mates yeah, and they yeah. laugh because yeah. it's horrendous. Yeah. And then you go, oh, no, you can't say that to strangers. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. it. They don't they know, know you. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you just didn't have that thing. It's like, do you remember, do you ever do the Preston Frog and Bucket years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. The same thing. I was like, remember there's that, I remember the tithe bar on the corner there, right? Right, yeah. And I was like, and I thought I'd do the same thing. It was one of, just first, like doing a few gigs, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 
doing all right. You're doing, 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 doing mics in London. Let's go somewhere else and fucking. Like, yeah, because that's it always there. a brilliant yeah. idea, isn't it? So um, so you went up there and uh, there was uh, it was a gong show, wasn't it? You had John Bishop was on that night as well. Yeah. John Bishop was he didn't go on last. He didn't go on. Like, he didn't close the gig. He went on the middle. Right. So okay. like it was great. You know, there was Danny um, Nightingale was emceeing, cracking MC. Yeah, yeah. It was wonderful to watch. And then you had like all the other guys and John Bishop was on. And I was following that after the break. I was like, fuck, man, I'm, this is, I'm straight after the break after John was on. And John doesn't have to do anything. He just walks up like and just smiles like the, 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 the scouse Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, you know, he's like, just like, they, and all the girls are like, we love you, John. I'm like, and then we're next. I'm yeah, like, this yeah. is fucking brilliant. So I've had a couple uh, like that. Oh, it's a, it's a fucker, isn't it? It's like they've already come. They don't want to fucking continue, isn't it, really? That, they, yeah. You know, why keep fucking after that? Isn't it? <laughs> it's just so. And me, me afterwards, right? So they've had the dessert and now they've got the fucking the, the basket <laughs> yeah. of bread, you know? And so, like, uh, so I went up there and, uh, with my fucking was sliced pan and saw the tithe bar. I thought, this is a fucking brilliant. Don't know any, I don't know Preston very well. And I saw, so I ripped into Preston. Right. Of course, you know, it's such a depressed area. It was like, great. Um, I said, the worst thing about doing a gig up here is probably, you know, or, or do, you know, being in, living in Preston is probably going to the tithe bar and being. Uh, 16 and getting pregnant by your uncle who's also your dad and I thought that was going to be funny and Joe I spent and they didn't go with it no <laughs> weirdly Jason weirdly um, some bit of snorveners mate yeah, no, but, you know, I thought yeah come on this guy you know he's, he's, he's obviously not from here and you know he's bagging on our town and also uh, he's calling us all uh, you know, insane break <laughs> and you know fucking it's a strong already, start right? I mean, it's a strong so start. much just so many layers it's, that it's a strong it's, start you know, yeah. and so I, I, I fucked up big time in that but then but it was a gong show wasn't it so I was like fuck uh, I've got to fucking pull this shit out of the, out of the fucking fire here yeah, and yeah. managed to and I was like right I'm going to speed this shit up so I was like doing all my jokes fucking maximum yeah. speed and so they didn't get a chance to gong me the fuck off you know I was like <laughs> right here we go boom 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 one guy in the front row saw me just slowing down a little bit. It's like, oh, he's fucking losing. Energy yeah, he's, he's, he's coming off the rails. <laughs> and so I'm like, no. so then I just had a go at him because that's what you should do get the audience on side. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then he gave me a little bit of time to remember what the fuck I was going to say next. And then <laughs> yeah. got, I got to the end, though, Jason. I got to the Gong fucking show end. Gong shows are horrible. Mate, man. oh, it's horrible. Hey, don't, you done King Gong? I've done King Gong a couple times, yeah. I have, yeah, yeah. Uh, I went and did it with a mate uh, a few years ago. Mm. And it's just so unnatural it's as a gig. Yeah, mm. it's. Because we turned up there and it was like, I was still sort of doing more one-liners at the time. And he went first. Because he was going, he'd been told, like, they they wanted to book him, but mm -hmm. he had to do the gong. So oh, everyone right. has to jump through this hoop. So he's sure. like, right, I've got to go do it. You know, whether I get through or not, if I do all right, they'll kind of look after him. I was like, so yeah. I, was like, I was like, well, I'll try and get on as well. And we can road trip here and it'd yeah, be funny. Yeah. Plus, it's one of those things that like, I can say I've been on the stage even for eight seconds. Cool. is cool. And we went there and he went on just before me. And... One card went up when he did one bit of material. I can't remember what it was now. So he does, one card goes up and then just before the end, he gets that person with the card up, like doubled over laughing. He's oh. like, well, you fucking changed the tune. Taking the roof off. Mm -hmm. Gets to a point because it just feels like a lifetime, doesn't it? That yeah. amount of time. For some reason, it's weird. Mm. And then all of a sudden, he just goes, that's got to be five minutes, isn't it? And then bang, 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 cards went up. Rocky moved and he was off. And it was like, <laughs> yeah. four minutes, 52. Oh! And it was like shit, and I went straight on after. Yeah. So I did what you did. I yeah. just, I had what I think written down, I reckon that would have been 10 minutes worth of one liners. Yeah. I just machine gunned them yeah. so no one had a chance to realize they didn't like it or yeah. they did or whatever. Mm -hmm. No cards went up, got through, yeah. beat the gong, like bang, and then you know, I ended up winning it. And then, um, nice. but the mad thing about it is, is like, I'm in the car with my mate on the way back. He was so much further ahead than me at the yeah. time. If we'd have walked in that night and they were like, someone's dropped out, we need someone to do a 20, I would have just pointed at him. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have even had the audacity. I'd just be like, yeah, it's got to be him. But it's such a weird thing of gone because yeah, yeah. 
how you get a spot from it when they're like, well, I've got no idea what you're actually like as a comedian because yeah. that's just surviving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can be the calmest man in the world, but like, let's just throw you down a well, see how you cope about getting out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No that's one's going to be that calm. Yeah, like, man. It's, so you got through the first time? Yeah, yeah, I won it. Good yeah, work, no, no, yeah, man. You won it the first time. Like, yeah. Swish. And only time I've ever going to do it. Good yeah. Work. It was, um, I remember going back a couple of years later to. I was in London for my ex girlfriend's birthday at the time, mm-hmm. and then I jokingly said, I was trying to get a gig. And she was like, actually, like, should we go and watch The Gong? That'll be yeah. on tonight. And I was like, yeah, we can go watch if you want. I mean, it was quite weird because the thing is, you might have had this as well. I never realised. I said, why do you want to do that? She went, I've never sat next to you at a comedy gig. She was like, you're always at the back. Yeah, <laughs> like, you on stage. Feel like you're yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it make it feel like an actual night. Yeah. And just watching it from the back, I think if I'd ever seen it or mm. known anything about it properly before doing, I just never would have done it. It's yeah, just yeah. horrendous. It's, it's painful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. People go on stage, get gonged off, come at the back, and then they're just screaming abuse at people yeah. on stage. You're like, mate, because they then don't want anyone doing better than them. That's so that. Oh, so I've never seen three people who. Yeah, yeah. So we were sat wow. near the back. So people that had been on died, gone off, oh, or whatever, yeah. gone right at the back, and then they're the worst. For booing because they're like, well, I don't want everybody else to go through because yeah, yeah. I died on my ass. So, yeah, horrendous. But then, like when I did the Thursday there, it was a similar to the John Bishop situation. So I was there with Rob Beckett. So lovely bloke, really nice, really chatty out the back and stuff. I went out again. It's because they were all like, you're really calm. You've never, have you never done it before? I was like, no, no, no it's the first night. And they were like, why are you calm? I was like, because last time there's 400 people calling me a cunt. So like, yeah, tonight I think it'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's of kind of like, um, I'm not that yeah. worried. I'll just. I've got a five. Yeah, I've, I've got my five yeah. and I get to talk for all of it. So yeah. I'll just do that. That's and I was it. kind of just pleased to be there. And then did it and it went well. And, and then Rob Beckett goes out and just goes, all right. It's in with the teeth, isn't it? And then bang, just roof off. And then Man. it must have been a minute before he got the next joke out because mm-hmm. of just the laughter and everything. When, when they've recognised you and you've done a bit of telly, it done half help. His set was very, I will add, his set was very good for the rest of it, but yeah. it was a pretty quick in. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah of course. You know you what know, I mean? Just so, my face, you, remember, you know what I'm like. You see me on telly, right? And they're like, yeah, I have. And it's all clapping <sighs> and cheering and you think, okay, yeah. cool. But then when good acts are good acts, they just are, aren't they? I did um, Laughing Horse newcomer competition oh. when I first started. And I'd done about, I think my first round was like, it was like my sixth gig or something like that. Mm. And, I, and I won the heat and got through to like the quarterfinals. So I was just buzzing. Some of the quarterfinals were like on my 11th gig or something. And I'm just pleased to be there, not thinking I'm going to go. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is amazing. Like, and I was networking a bit because yeah, I was yeah. running, a, running a gig. <laughs> and then this guy walked in. So there was a couple of people I recognised and they were quite chatty and friendly. And then this guy walked in and everyone just went, oh, shit. And I was like, all oh, right, okay, who's that then? And they were like, oh, that's a guy called Romesh Ranganathan. Oh, right. And he just, like, I don't know how long he'd been going, not very long, mm-hmm. I guess, but long enough. Yeah, right. And they did the draw for uh, the order it went in, and I was directly after Romesh. Yeah. Never seen him, and I'm like, oh, they all think he's good. Yeah. He was so good, it's the only time I then just completely fluffed my opening line because I was still laughing yeah. at what he'd just done because mm-hmm. it's straight out, straight out, straight out, isn't right. it, when you're doing the competitions? Yeah, yeah. And then I did, I did all right by the end. Like no one, you know, would have remembered my name, but it didn't ruin anyone's night. But no, I just, it was the only time I've walked on stage still laughing at another act, thinking, well, that's just fucked myself. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah. I've got no idea what I'm doing. Shit. But yeah, yeah but yeah, sometimes. Jedi mind trick to you. was like, you know, oh, fuck. He man. didn't need to. He yeah. was that good. You oh. knew he was just going to coast it through. But it was weird. I saw, um, I think I did it the first two years I was in comedy. Uh, the second year I got, got through the first round again, and then it was in the quarterfinals of that. And it was. Um, I was at the, I can't remember, it was near Green Park, whatever it's called anyway, mm. whatever the bar was. Nice little room by the pub, like packed in, quite a nice gig. 
And just before, I was quite nervous, and I was at like the prep around the corner. It was Josh Widdicombe was in there eating a sandwich, know, right? and he was still quite new. But I'd seen him on this like FHM stand-up hero, and I think he oh, won yeah, that yeah. or something like that. That was when I just started getting into comedy, so I was watching a bit of it. And I saw him in his prep just having his lunch, and I was like, oh, sorry to interrupt, but is it Josh Whitaker? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, yeah, is he good? I said, sorry to interrupt. He goes, no, I'm just pleased someone doesn't think I'm Russell Howard. Yeah. And you think, how much has that changed now? <laughs> like, everyone knows who he is now. Yeah. But I was chatting to him, and he was like, oh, well, you know, and I said, oh, I've got this competition, but nervous, and all the rest of it. He goes, yeah, he goes, I think it was like, he goes, oh, last year I went out in the quarterfinals, and I'm, this year I'm doing like five sold out shows at Soho Theatre or something so don't yeah. worry about it yeah, <laughs> and exactly, I was like yeah. oh, okay cool like, just competition, yeah it just yeah. is what it is mate yeah. it's all on the night yeah you, mm-hmm. you know just kind of keep plugging away and try and get there on your own sort of thing mm. so but they're good experiences yeah, things yeah. like although when I see a lot of new acts talking about them now I just think mental but then like we, we probably all did the same stuff when you start because you think oh you know it, I think naively you think someone will see me do a type five and then mm. all of a sudden yeah. oh, we need <laughs> guess who's a got a pipe <laughs> for a show yeah. totally that's it man you think it's, it's so just... delusional I remember yeah. got asked I did um, there was this thing in London I can't remember which gig it was and all it was I got really lucky and again I was only doing fives it was all early days mm. and then it was a proper open mic night in that everybody was just making it was racial stereotypes mm. rape jokes all this oh. kind of shit so the MC goes out just before me and he goes look can we stop making like racial stereotypes and uh, rape gags and blah 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 it's just getting boring now mm-hmm. I was like alright and then he called me out and I walked up and I went anyway me and Big Black Dave are about to rape this girl <laughs> like that and then it just took the roof off. and I was like oh no not tonight not tonight he said don't yeah, do yeah. that like not that I had anything yeah, like yeah. that as material, but yeah. it just killed the, it killed the whole thing and then I just floated for the rest of the gig. Nice. And I got asked to do this um, afterwards. This guy messaged me asking me to do, I don't know what channel it's for, whatever or where it's going, but it was like a pilot for this comedy thing and um, they wanted someone to like, host it and they were like, this sounds, when you start, how much of a bullshit you are because yeah. they're like, just need something to do 10 at the beginning, then there's going to be a couple of sketches and things like yeah. that. Then you do a 10 in the middle and I'm thinking, yeah, man, I've got yeah. five. Yeah. <laughs> three, and half, three and a half, which is all right. There's going to be people there, a bit of crowd work. But I'm thinking, yeah, it's taken me a year to produce this solid five. I can mm. knock out another 25 minutes in the next six weeks. That's fine. And then it was going, so I can't remember it was where, where the venue was in London. It was all booked in and it was all agreed to go. And then um, it was the night the London riots kicked oh, off. Right. So everything got locked down and everything just got cancelled and all the rest yeah. of it. And then it just never came around again. But again, looking back, if I'd have got anywhere near it, I reckon about five minutes in, they'd have gone, this guy's a fraud. <laughs> We've yeah, misjudged yeah. this massively. <laughs> so in my head for a while, I was like, oh, that could have been the thing and it could have meant I did this. So actually the reality is, is there's no way I could have pulled it off. I might have got away with a bit of it, but like, there's no way anyone watching TV or a production company was going to pick it up was going to watch that go this guy's joke about the uh, bumper cars that is yeah. worth the hour we're allotting for this so double the budget let's get these guys sorted you know what I mean so yeah. but yeah it, these things come around or they don't that's, that's <laughs> true yeah that's it there'll be more opportunities isn't it you just going to keep plugging away man that's I it. think so yeah I think it just comedy is just a temptation you just say yes to everything yeah, I, I've always been like if it sounds like a good laugh yeah. well, then I'm in like as yes. simple as it's just sort of do it so do you uh, do you act as well to kind of like uh, balance the, uh, the gigging and the everything else or just sort of relying on the venues at the moment it's like, something I want to get into I did, I did a little just only a small part in like a student film like a short movie sort of last mm. summer and I quite enjoyed being around that I write a lot and I think in September we're sort of penciled into shoot a short film of Ryan me and a friend of mine wrote, uh, wrote a script so that's been on the table for about two years where you do, I'll get round to that. I don't mm. know, I haven't got the money, I haven't got the time or blah, mm. blah, blah. And then now it's sort of all in place to kind of be, 
be shot around sort of August, September time anyway, mm. and then whatever time it takes to edit and work out whether it's actually any good and stuff like that. Is so, it a sitcom or what is it a drama? It's or kind it? of a, like a dark comedy. It, I just think like the things that I find funny on TV or the things I enjoy, what are the things that sort of hook me in on more than one level, mm. like it's, you know, like the IT crowd or whatever, mm. things that are just gag, gag, gag. I can watch those things, but they're not the things I kind of get a bit misty-eyed about, mm. if you know what I mean. Like, I love The Office and mm. things like that, where it's a, there's more layers to it than mm. just the obvious. And the um, pathos in it as well. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and like Afterlife, the latest thing uh, mm. from Ricky Gervais on that, I thought that was brilliant. Obviously, that's quite the opposite end of the, you know, from a sitcom in terms of the grief and all the rest of it. But mm. So yeah, with the dark comedy, I'd been writing it for a while anyway. I mean, originally it was going to be, it's all got to the point where you're thinking this could be a full-length film. Yeah. But I left it for a few months, then went back to it and read it again, and you think, there's a lot of stuff there that we were just in a, on a bit of a tangent where we were, thought that was funny, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure it fits in. Or it's a, it might be a thing, yeah, you know, you'll look back at anything you've written and go, that might work with something else, but mm. it doesn't quite work with this now I'm looking at it. So I think what we do is rather than do a really weak hour and a half film, we'll do a fairly solid sort of 15 or 20 minute that's short, all right. you like it, short that's, film. That's your pilot, isn't it? And yeah, like I think it, we just learn from it, it as well. Yeah. I think A, you want to find out, you know, where, where we can act and it's any good I'm really interested in all the, you know, the, edit, the editing mm -hmm. and the shooting and all, uh, and all that kind of stuff so yeah just putting it together would be fun and I think again just at a stage where I'm like why not do you know what I mean yeah. just let's try something and if it doesn't work it doesn't work same with stand up you know everyone says well stand up's easy to do but it's not really because you spend years you spend a fortune on fuel mm -hmm. drive this that and the other yeah. take a day off for this go for mm -hmm. the so it's just it Hold seems on to the joy all the time as well. You're like yeah. exhausted and like depression can seep in easier. <laughs> yeah, it's like it like, seems oh, like a big thing to do a film and everyone mm. says it's like oh god, that's gonna be like a mm. big pressure or whatever. It's not because it's I'm I've written the film what I want to watch. Yeah. If ninety nine out of hundred people say it's shit, be like fair play, mate, but I didn't write it for you. So, so. And, and yet, yeah. and yet, but like even the stand up is for you as well, isn't it? Really, I mean, it, definitely it's, it's now. Yeah, it's funny. It's like I mean, you've got to shape it. To, to make to make it really funny, but it's coming from your own voice, isn't it? I think it? so now. Like I think yeah, I've taken stand up probably only really seriously the last maybe year and a half. Mm. So where I just was like, right, this is what I'm going to do now. Yeah. I want to tell stories. I want to do this stuff. And I've mm. been sort of more storytelling the last few years. But then I was quite maybe a bit arrogant about the fact I, re I heard on a podcast. I might have been Gary Delaney on mm. Comcom or whatever. And he was saying, you know, three times a week and you'll get better. Two, mm. you'll stay. Same one, you go back. With him seeing it, I was kind of always all right. Mm -hmm. like, I could have six weeks off, go to a gig and be fine. Yeah. And then go, oh, there's no truth to that. But yeah. actually, with your writing and your perform, I think MCing is quite a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a false economy, yeah. yeah because yeah. you go, oh, I smashed it last mm -hmm. night. It's because you had a bit of a gift in the front row mm -hmm. or this happened. And it's to create that on stage as a, as an actual act mm -hmm. doing a 20, you know, and stuff like that is a, is a very different thing. But it's so easy to kind of kid yourself for a long time going, oh, no, 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 it'll be fine. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. Whereas if I noticed, like, thing I'm not struggling with, but thing I have to be a bit more mindful of now is because I am a lot and then I might be doing an opening mm. 20 or I might close 20. I've been doing a lot of new material nights the last six months when I was writing the show. So that means, you know, people let me in for 10, 20 or someone's giving me 40 just to mess around. Mm. So my timing's all over the shop when yeah, it comes to when I've been doing sets. So yeah. when I know I've got a opening 20 or mm. closing coming up, I'm like, right, I need to go and just do a gig yeah, just to get it. some sort of pace and timing yeah. back. Because stop looking at the audience, stop, talk, stop talking to the audience. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Sick, and, and forget about that as well, because it's so easy yeah. to just go off and oh, go. Oh, fucking shiny thing, oh, brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly what it's like. You, yeah, know, yeah, you feel the pain, but. Yeah, totally. um,
Yeah, and you're thinking, and then you see, then you see the MC go. You should have done that. Yeah, exactly, that was a yeah. fucking perfect moment there. And you're oh, like, yeah, not was... there. You're in in somewhere else. You're like, oh man. There was one um, yeah. on Friday. Um, Dave Ward, you know, Dave Ward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, brilliant, like yeah. brilliant that great MC. Cracking. He was opening, and he asked <laughs> when we went in. There was a very, very shy woman who, by this point, there's only seats at the front, and she sort of said, "I don't, I just don't want to sit there." And I, so I said, "Look." I won't talk to you. Da, da, da. Made a joke. I was like, look, if I say anything to you and you, you think I'm mean, I'll buy you a drink. Mm. You know, it's cool. Right? Did that. She sat down with this uh, with a male friend of hers, and then Dave goes on, completely forgets about this conversation. Yeah. You're right, mate. What do you do? And the guy just goes, I'm full time schizophrenic. Exactly, and that was Dave's reaction because <laughs> he's two yeah. minutes in. <laughs> it's a warm room. Yeah. He's so, just like, a sociable guy, please. <laughs> exactly. So, but he handled it like, oh. and that was the difference between I think someone who knows how to MC yeah. and someone who just opens as well because he knew he couldn't just steamroll yeah. into the next gag and he yeah. couldn't really go into the guy because yeah. that's a massive thing. That's still yeah. the best line I've ever heard. Yeah. Within that quickly of a gig. And um, so he sort of fluffed around it a little bit right. and just sort of let the he let the tension move out of the room and then just carried on and it was like it never happened and Fair it was play. brilliant. Whereas actually you think, you know, Newark or someone who isn't used to playing with that silence and yeah. all the rest, that could have gone very, totally. very differently. Yeah, but... Um, what, medicated or unmedicated? <laughs> Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. It was take medication day, that's yeah. okay. We're Backstage, good. there yeah. were several, um, you know, dry runs of what could have been said, honestly. Like, oh, I would have done this, that would have worked But again, out we're back long. in the realms of, oh, yeah. these people know me and the audience don't, so yeah, you could totally. not have said that out loud, you yeah. know, and it's like, Funny. we know it's in jest because we yeah. don't have that switch or exactly. that barometer, but yeah, the audience, yeah. that wouldn't have gone down to yeah, that's but, true, that's true. Yeah. But sometimes they just want to deliberately fuck you off, don't they? Don't I think the thing is, within seconds, you could tell this guy was genuine, whereas from the back of the room, and I hadn't really looked because yeah. I spoke to another part of the audience when I was emceeing and from the back of the room and your first thought is yeah come on and actually given this day and age and mental health it's mm. actually just people are more comfortable talking about it now yeah. and rather than just pretend everything's fine yeah, yeah it's cool and then he knows he's going to get torn apart for five minutes he's like nah cool here's my, here's, here's my shield yeah but he like, sat in the front row he sat in the front row <laughs> do you know fairness, what I mean like, the only mistake they made there was getting there late but oh right <laughs> yeah. that's okay alright so, so, yeah. god damn it he, had, he, had, yeah. he was with the woman who did not want to be at the front row oh, and no. I like, assured them no one had talked to him and then oh, Dave just forgot about it but yeah. Yeah, handled it like a pro, but yeah, just goes to show. Yeah, can so go what's on the there. what's the most fucking horrendous like like shit like that? What's the most horrendous shit you've had happen to you when you've been like you've been gigging night nearly ten years now? Right? Yeah, so, I've had. So shit has been I used to got a little bit too hard when I was heckled. I mm. think yeah, on people, so I've had some threats here and there. And, and you're a big guy as well, so it's yeah, like, yeah. So go, normally oh, that shit. calms it. Mm. I, t- I do tend to find what happens is they've had a few drinks. Mm. You're on stage, it looks quite far away, and then you come off, they realise they're a bit shorter than me, not quite as wide, and then they're all a bit more chirpy about it, to be fair, but like... <laughs> Shake your hand one day that will One day that won't work out, but like... Yeah. I, I, but what I've, <laughs> what I've started doing over the years is if there's a really big guy who's getting aggressive oh. in the audience, I just flirt with him. I get really yeah. like, oh no, you, you're yeah. changing me here, man. You're a really I good looking guy. On you. Because then they don't know what to get, you know? Yeah. I think, plus you're putting it on the knife edge of like, if I beat him up now, is that a hate crime? Like, yeah. I don't know, like, yeah, it's... Yeah. I'm, push, it. I'm pushing him into boundaries he's not sure about in terms of having a fight do you know what I mean yeah, but yeah. I'm just I mean, I'm not a fighter I just think it's funny to take the piss and as he's punching you go oh geez, you're really good with your hands <laughs> <laughs> I said to one guy in the front row I actually he brought it he was sat in the front he was one of those I want to be at the front because I want to be a comedian mm. sat with his girlfriend and I said something or other to you know the yeah. usual standard how you know what you're doing how long you've been together 
And he just kept making it sound like he'd abducted his girlfriend and he was trying to make it sound right. like, oh, yeah, she does what she's told and blah, blah, blah. Right. And it was horrendous. So yeah. I just said to the girl, I said, are you, are you all right with him talking about you like mm-hmm. this? And he was like, you just see his little face go. She's like, well, not really. And I was like, well, why do you put up with it? Yeah. And you could just see him yeah. going, well, it felt like a relate session. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I was just like, she's come out for a night out too and he's making her sound like she's something she's like it was just horrendous yeah, like yeah. you wouldn't say that to your mate like anybody any, mm. anybody who talks like that is just ridiculous I was just picking it all apart with this woman who was sat next to him and he was just freaking <laughs> out and then <laughs> yeah. I said, got to a point and I said to him look do you see, do you see where this can go both ways mate do you show her some respect I'll show you some respect yeah. and everybody's going to get on alright and he was like oh yeah alright then you know, he kind of killed it <laughs> wow. got to the interval and then you could tell it had just messed with his head because uh, yeah. called for a break walked off stage and he comes over and he goes oh did you, did you want a beer mate and I was like no, I'm all right, thanks. I'm driving. He went, well, fuck you then. And he just stormed off. And I was like, I'm all right. Wow, he lives on the edge of his emotions, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. And I was outside having a cigarette and um, I just saw one of the acts just kept poking his head around. And I was like, that's a bit weird. And there was loads of people out there. And then this guy kept coming past. And it was a similar thing. He'd walk right. past me, realised he's about two foot shorter. Right, kept right. coming back and forth, oh, okay. almost like a bit like a shark. And then in the end, I could tell something was up. And I was mm. sort of... Lending, I was like, look, are we all right? Are we going to have a problem, mate? Because yeah. I, I don't want to ruin your night and I don't yeah. want you to ruin mine, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just all, let's sort it yeah. all out now and we'll be cool, yeah? yeah? He's like, yeah, yeah, just messing around, mate. I walk back in and one of the acts goes, oh, he's just telling the barmaid he was going to glass you. Oh, fuck. I was like, right, then why are you just sticking your head around yeah. to see if it's happened yet? Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me. Don't make me the fringe show. You know, yeah. that's it. It's like, fuck, man, that's it. So I'm going to make a glass, you know, one of the fucking yeah. things. What the I, fuck? But I can tell there's um, there's definitely a switching out I used to MC because yeah. that's not the only time someone friends glass me. Right. And the other time was a woman at a charity gig. Okay. <laughs> what was it charity for? It was uh, some sort of, uh, I think it was Macmillan or something like that, or Sue Ryder or something like that. Big event in Peterborough sponsored by Hot Point. So half of their people, there was like 300 people there. Right. And it was a cracking night, to be honest, most of it. Then at one point, this, there's a little table chatting as I've gone back on stage to MC. And I said to the woman, really nice, I was like, hey, do you know, if you want to have a little chat, like, there's a room yeah. next door, da 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 thinking it's quite a bit like a corporate, you can't really just go balls out and attack somebody. Like, and she just goes, hope you fucking die in a car crash. And I was like, well, that's quite, that's not to 60 pretty quick, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So then I just sort of- here to save lives, not to fucking end Yeah, it, so know? then, yeah, and I kind of did that spin on it. I was like, well, here we are trying, yeah. to, trying to do that. And you, you're wishing death upon the person who's given his time up for nothing. Yeah, yeah. So she was started getting like booed by people in the audience and stuff like that and stormed out. Anyway, like later in the night, Headliners on, I'm stood at the back of the room and I could just see this woman chatting stood at the back and I turned around and I was like, oh, do you want to keep it down? She turned around and it was her. She was like, oh, I fucking hate you, her passion. And I was like, well, as long as you feel something, baby. <laughs> I can't help myself. Like yes. thinking she'd just laugh and that'd be it. Yeah, yeah. And she's got this glass full of drink and she's holding it at me. And I'm raced uh, the next man. I thought, oh, God, she's going to chuck a drink over uh, me and I've got to go back out. Uh-huh. Then she emptied the glass and I was like, well, that's gone. <laughs> yeah. She's gone up a level of danger. Yeah. And I just remember, like, and she was like, she was all shaking while her mate was like egging her on. So I just turned my back on her and my mate's going, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> he was like, what are you And she was like, turn around. I was like, no, not turning around, put your glass down. <laughs> and she was like, and in the end, I had to say to somebody who like, was like a line manager, go, this is how much of a badass I am. I was like, does she work with you? And he was like, yeah. I said, well, how do you think your boss is going to feel when I said a strongly worded email on Monday? About yeah. how this is going? He was like, all oh, right, yeah, Tracy put it down or whatever. Yeah. And mate was like, why'd you turn your back? I said, look, it's not a decision I thought I'd have to make tonight, but I thought mm. if someone's going to hit me with a glass, like the back of the head's better than the face. Damn right. Like, That's <laughs> it. Like, I mean, this is going to put people off with a scar on it, you know? I, again, I didn't think I'd have to make this decision yeah. tonight, but on the fly, that's what I came up with. That's a good, I think it's a good plan, to be fair. Yeah. So, no, turn around, let me ruin your life. Yeah, I've got a big head as well. I mean, if you're right, yeah. Fucking night, losing eye. 
Oh, yeah. gone Although, there. comedian with an eye patch is a conversation starter. This is true, and you've got a unique selling USB. Yeah, maybe course. I misjudged it. I could be on telly yeah, now. That's it. <laughs> the guy with the eye patch, you know, the guy that really disgusts The one with the eye oh, patch. just yeah. been on my last gig. There you go, whole thing straight away. Rather than, you know, yeah, you know, the big 30 something white male. Like, yeah. it doesn't work, does you it? Could, you, eye I mean, patch guy, I'd look, be there. The guy that went on stage at the comedy store, Rob Beckett, went on and says, oh, the guy with the teeth, he went, yeah, the guy with the eye patch, you know, I'll come here. You know, this guy, got glass in the face. Well, looking back, it seems like a stupid decision. I should have just taken the missing eye, don't you know, you, forget you, the other. Everyone makes bad choices sometimes. Forget you know, the yeah. other uh, knock-on effects health-wise. I'd have got a good ten minutes out of that. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so these days I get people coming over saying nice things. So I think yeah. maybe I toned down how I used to deal with hecklers. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just when you start off, you feel. You're Terrifying. basically questioning whether I can do this or yeah. not. So now I've got to prove to everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit like, you know, kids in a playground is a bit of bravado. And it's yeah. like they get into a scrap where you're just like, you're using your words to be a knobhead or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just to sort of do it. But yeah, that's, I think that's just MCing. Like that MCing thing is like sometimes you go ask a question and they, they know the answer, but they refuse to answer the question. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, and that they, 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 but they could keep giving you answers, but never to the thing. So you, you know, sometimes you see people go and they go, oh, give up. But no, I just keep going, innit? Can't just do it. don't disease. stop going. Just, just, I need to know because everyone then wants to know. And if you don't fucking commit to that, they're like, oh, well, this is fucking great. We've let, you've left us hanging with this one. We all want the information. The worst thing is, I reckon, you probably found the same as me. When it's those kind of people and it made it that awkward, by the time you get to the facts of it, it's such a boring story yeah. anyway. Yeah. And you're like, why did you make yeah. such a big. It's That's like it. when they lie about, what's your name, mate? Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, just tell me the truth. Yeah. I couldn't give a fuck, mate. I'm not going to look you up. Never going to think about you again when I've left this building all yeah, right you might as well just yeah. tell me yeah. I don't care yeah, that is it. you're not going to remember my name and I'm on stage mm. so it doesn't matter okay right okay right you've got your greatest hits MCing moments you know you're like oh, yeah fuck I know I made that and it just became this thing and I was like holy fuck I pulled out this like you pull it's usually a pawn isn't it you pull out on whatever yeah. it is you go and you go oh you pull it in and you go oh boom and again they go yeah <laughs> And it looks like you're a wizard. Totally, exactly. <laughs> what was one of those? You know, it's for real. You know, it didn't just pull it from the back of your head. I reckon um, I've had a couple this. So I used to do this yeah. bit when I asked people about what their worst dates were. Uh. So one of them, which she took the roof off of this story. To be fair, uh. I didn't have to do anything. It was just beautiful. Uh. So she just was like covered her face, didn't want to tell this story. And her mate goes, "I've got it's amazing." So at the break, her mate comes over and she goes, "I've got to tell you." I said. Would, would you come and just do it on stage? She's like, yeah, I'll come tell the story. Get her on stage, she tells the story. So this girl meets up with Sky. It's horrendous. They go on um, a date. So they're all a few drinks, they're at a restaurant. It's all getting a little bit flirty. They get a bit like, you know, asking cheeky questions. And the guy goes to her, oh, well, do you um, spit or swallow? Which I think is a brave question on a first date. Well, well that's a, But, you that's know, he, he's setting his stall out, yeah. yeah. And she just goes, oh, no, I, I don't do that. I've got a real sensitive gag reflex. And apparently he just got up and walked out wow. and just never came back. <laughs> Didn't pay for the meal, anything. And I was like, well... And all I said at the time was, I said, and you say guys give you mixed signals. <laughs> like, he's been pretty clear there. Like, I don't agree with it, but yeah, that's his yeah. thing. I respect his honesty, to be fair. You know, yeah. that's it. And the other thing was, uh, the other time I did that, this woman said she'd gone on a blind date with someone who'd neglected to mention that he had brain damage because he'd driven his car off a cliff. So everyone just went silent at this was point. Was he picking her up? <laughs> he was on the way, yeah, on the way home from the <laughs> So she's meant to, yeah, so apparently he's, he neglected me. He had brain damage because yeah. he'd previously driven his car off a cliff. Okay. And everyone just went silent. And I just went, to be fair, love, he might have forgot. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair, is, isn't it? You know? Let's give him, and, and, that, and that got reaction. But yeah. sometimes, you know, it's like in the moment, these things are great. I had a nice one like last week in Peterborough yeah. where 
again, it just always seems hack when you say it back. When you're no, in the no, moment. No, 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 but it's like it's like that. Mo- I had a, I had one in uh, like in Kent the other day, and it was just like you know you have like that moment of when someone's giving you bullshit. Like, yeah, yeah. Saying, you know, go. Oh, what do you do? Um, I'm a mole exterminator. Right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and she's woman was a mole exterminator. Okay. And it's like, how do you? And she's giving me bullshit because she's seen me fuck about and have fun with the rest. It's like, okay, well, I'm really fucking hobble this now. <laughs> yeah. and, so, and so I was like, okay, you're a mole exterminator. That's fine. Okay. And then how do you catch the moles? You know, because I want to fucking see how much bullshit she can give me because yeah, I'm fucking yeah. ready. And I was like, right. And so she's, uh, I, I sing to them. I was like, uh, you know, so what? What kind of stuff uh, are moles into then? And I was like, you know, as you're doing it, you're like, your mice going. I've got to come with something. You can't do this as long as I can. Let's keep going. This is the third question before I've gotten a laugh. This has to fuck. And work, and I was like, and then as soon as I asked the question before she could ask, went Mole Town? <laughs> you know, I was like, yes, I was like, fuck yeah, and I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, come on, you're welcome, everybody, you know, that was it. it was like, one of those moments, like, fuck yeah, fun. I had it last it week good. where the um, it was in Peterborough, and I asked yeah. the guy in the front row what he did, and he right. was like, oh, I work at the passport, obviously, it's in Peterborough, so that's obviously the only job he's gonna have, anyway, yeah, yeah, so right. that's how it works. <laughs> and then later on, I said, oh, who's got kids? And this, the same guy goes, yeah, as, as well as the rest of Peterborough, because it's Peterborough, right, right. and I said, oh, how old are your kids? And he went, I haven't got kids. I went, you just said yes. I said, or is this one of those? You're like, I said, we need to check your fucking basement. Because mm. you went, yeah, oh no, I haven't. Everyone was laughing. I went, he's not finished their passports yet. Yeah, and then obviously, it. and then I right. killed it. Like, nice. Because obviously you're in that moment. When yeah. you're in that little pocket, that's what people oh, don't understand about MC. I see, um, I've got a bit of a bugbear about MCing at the mm. moment with newer acts going, oh, I'm MCing that gig. It's like, no, you're not. You're doing five minutes at the start. You're not emceeing. It's yeah. not the same thing, and it's like oh, well, they just do, they just do material. They're not yeah, even they talking. go just oh, because they're the first person to pick up, a mic up. They think they're emceeing. I'm like, okay, well now your audience think that's what emceeing is, but it yeah, isn't. Yeah. And the same with obviously everyone's got the same stock lines and to a degree to get to a point, and then we all take it off in a different direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I don't agree that it's hacked to go, oh, what'd you do, where'd you, where'd you come? Because yeah. I'm trying to get you somewhere yeah. and these are the questions I'm going to ask you to get there, right? I'm, I'm not taking this... Ammunition is what I'm exactly. getting. Exactly. Yeah. So if I MC one show and you do the next night, yeah. we're going to take it in different directions. Yeah. We might ask the same questions just to get it off the ground. But these newer acts, they're coming like, oh, yeah, he's a really good MC. And he's not. Just the first person to pick the mic up. It's not the same thing. And the second person who's opening has to do two fucking jobs. And that's and it. That, fuck, it's oh, a really I, d- I did a gig. I won't, I won't say who it was for because, yeah. Um, yeah, I did a gig not that long ago and it's a guy. He's obviously a comedy enthusiast, runs some nice little venues, mm-hmm. but you we've all had those ones where he's going to MC it, quote unquote, and then he walks up, says mm-hmm. two things, and then introduces you. So now you know, like at this point, he's left a drunk wandering around the middle of this pub on a Saturday night mm-hmm. who's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. So the first five minutes of my set, I'm dealing with this guy. <laughs> So as mm. nicely as possible, he ends up feeling a bit silly, blah, 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 audience are laughing, and then the landlord asks this guy to leave. I, don't get me wrong, I get the impression at nine o'clock every night, that's the time they ask him to leave, because mm. he just lives there. So did all that, carried on, good show, everyone, you know, everyone like, turned it all around, went, you know, went back to normal material and all the rest of it. So it wasn't dark or anything, mm. like, I wasn't that horrible to him, I just kind of stayed on it until he knew it was dealt with. I left him a couple of times and he piped up again, I was like, right, we're going to keep doing mm. this until you know who's going to win. So once it was all over, carried on doing a set and all the rest of it. Later on, another, the act, another one of the acts goes, oh, I just spent that promoter yesterday. He reckons you're a bit of a cunt. Mm. And I was like, what? Yeah. He goes, you were a bit of a cunt to that guy. I was like, he didn't do his job. Yeah, like, I said, exactly. I'm not the cunt there. Yeah. You've paid me to do one job, and you've, you've, I've had to do two, two jobs, jobs yeah. because you didn't do yours. Yeah, I've got to settle them, haven't you? You're exactly, yeah. You can't You've just bowl out. Of, and, you know, it was, the whole thing was a clusterfuck. It's one of those classic gigs oh. where it's a radio mic keeps cutting mm. out. It's mm. the way they're sat's weird. And actually, lovely, lovely people in the audience for the most part, but it was just a really, the odds are against you, so you yeah, really totally. had to kind of battle it. But was it was there a light there? Uh, no, there's no proper light. Oh, man, um, it's a trifecta of bullshit. You oh, even, even with yeah. where the stage was, the acts are sat 
on uh, a table uh, two feet to the side of the stage. Great. That's so everyone's just staring. Miserable And one of them is like a ventriloquist, oh. so she sat there with his puppet in the oh. corner and everyone's going, so Pulling you're on stage. You, like. Yeah, you're on stage and everyone's sort of looking, going, what's, what's going on yeah, there? Yeah. So it's not her fault, it's just no. where we've been put. But, but. but it, that's the thing, is the MC is the fucking person that settles them, makes everyone trust the night. The opera has to do well as well, but you know, they want to just settle everyone, so they're just ready for comedy, isn't it? Yeah, like, and and you, you have to have a light to make it feel like a show. Isn't it? There needs to be they need to know what's different, yeah. yeah. And I think the thing is, like, you'll know opening and the MC. And mm-hmm. I've emceed at times where you've not kind of got the yeah, energy, yeah. quite the energy you wanted before you brought the first act mm-hmm. out. Then it's like, I would never have the audacity afterwards to go, well, that first three minutes was ropey. Because it's yeah. like, they did what they had yeah. to do to get over what you've left them with. And then other times yeah. you've brought them on and it's easy for them. Like. And then there's the other thing with emceeing is, like, the guys that they forget that it's not about them when they're emceeing. Because totally. like, right, I, I've, do your 15, mm-hmm. do, you, do your opening 15, or mm-hmm. do your 15 to start us off. If it gets a big laugh at 14 and a half, don't go into another bit. That's Just it. bring the act out. That's your one job. Mm-hmm. But you know, when they're standing there and it's like, I'm going to take another bit, I'm going to take another bit, I'm going to take another bit, and you're yeah. 25 minutes in, I'll just get them on. Just get That's them on, it. mate. Because I, I know you haven't got anything else for the other sections. Mm. But B, <laughs> you just spent your load, mate. There's other acts not coming yeah, out tonight. But yeah. But yeah, my real bugbear is newer acts going, oh, I'll MC that, and then just doing what they think is their set yeah. and calling it MC. And it's like, yeah. there is a different skill to it than mm-hmm. going out and just doing five minutes of material. And again, there was times when I first started, that'd what I did when I MC'd. I went out and tried yeah, to do yeah. a set, and yeah, you get the appropriate response. It didn't go you, well. You don't want it from you. They want you to just, oh, well, this, what's yeah, happening? Yeah, it doesn't oh, work, doesn't work. Yeah. And they need it. to know it's different. And actually, like, I think, you know, the, the old cliche of an MC thing is when you come off and they go, you, sh- you should have a go at comedy. Oh, yeah, totally. And That's actually, it, uh, I, I was saying recently that this year, that used to really annoy me, but right. now I just think it's actually a bit of a compliment yeah. that it looked that effortless. You're, that you're, you're just... invisible, which is good. You've made the night smooth. You should well, be invisible, yes, you're right. From the weekend, we had a couple of comments. It's, again, weird. I felt I had a better gig on Friday than I did Saturday, right. but we had some nice comments on Friday, but then Saturday there was two things saying... One of them described me as that the guy hosting deserves his own thing, which is my favourite, the nice. introducer. Oh, right. <laughs> the introducer right. definitely be, deserves his own show. Can't be sad the audience, I like that, the introducer. The introducer, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ask nice. the new show. That. So, okay. yeah. The fluffer, is that the right word? Jason uh, the, the, the introducer, yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so like, you've done two shows, you've done Bad Guy. Bad Guy and then, and then uh, the, the, the Defamation of Mr. Stamp. Jason yeah. Stamp, right, okay. Which was your favourite? They've got only two shows you've done so far. The first hour show I did was... Um, I, well, funnily now, it's called Kind of a Big Deal, and that was um, at the Brighton Fringe yeah. when I was a few years in. That was still when I was doing one-liner, so that was more... I just wanted to go, can I talk for an hour? So mm-hmm. there was no thing with it. That's why it was... Yeah. All, well, originally it was supposed to be a two-hander, so I, we were doing 30... <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, and then someone dropped out yeah. about a week before, and yeah. I had an hour to do, so I was oh, like, shit. well, that's going to be 40 at a push, 50 mm. maybe. The main thing with that would make me realise I hated one-liners and I didn't have the ability to just sit and write 300 a day like mm. some people can. And actually, like, the things that made my mates laugh, and even when I started, was I'd tell them about what had happened, but then I'd go on stage and do it, and somehow I'd stripped away anything that was funny about that yeah, story. Like, so it took me a long time. So the first show of me sort of telling stories was The Defamation of Mr. Stamp, and I really enjoyed that, but there was kind of bits in there. There was probably a bit more cliche sort of Edinburgh show type of thing. Not that I went to Edinburgh, but in that, that it had the... There was a bit of an arc, and there was a low point. There was this, and oh, I was, and yeah. I, I think you're learning, it? You're just learning to feel it out. I was learning how to perform, really, and uh-huh. I, it, for me, it was a writing task. That was when I just got back and got like, right. I need to write. I need mm-hmm. to really produce now. So it was a great writing task for me to go right. I'm going to talk about some stuff that's actually really kind of difficult to talk about. And I did that a handful of times. I just wrote that show to write it, and I booked a venue, and I went right. I'm just going to do this show because then I've I've written it and it's done. 
and I forced myself to do it because I've been doing this, you know, I've been separated from my wife for like two years and I was yeah. still telling jokes about my wife, like yeah. being married and stuff. And I was like, oh, I, I just need to get away and do stuff that's actually relevant to me Quite now. Enough. Yeah. So that I'd sort of forced myself to do it. And I did that a handful of times, that show, the first year I'd written it, where I went, <laughs> the first one in fact was like loads of family and friends come mm. down, you know, the people that are like, oh, I haven't seen Doug for yeah, years, come yeah, down. Yeah. And then the problem with that was I was ready to talk about all that stuff, but they're sitting there going, that sounds horrible because yeah. <laughs> they know you. Yeah. And then a week later, I did it in, uh, did like a preview in like Norwich or something like that. And it killed because they don't give a shit about me. So if, it, yeah, if yeah. I go, I'm cool to talk about this. Fucking they, life. <laughs> they trusted me when I go, this is funny, listen yeah, to yeah. this. And then when I did that at the Fringe last year, I think again, I'd gone for another breakup and everything. Yeah. I just got, everything had changed. And again, I looked at the show about two weeks before the Fringe because I'd submitted in like mm. December, went for a breakup in the sort of January, February, and a few other things had changed. I was like, I don't want to be there. A, it's not fair to your ex to be talking about that's, you know, mm. that stuff when you're on stage, and yeah. I didn't want to talk about like, it was still happy families and mm. that kind of shit, so it was a bit like, I'll just change everything on that show. So when I did it at the Fringe last year, I kind of, I rewrote most of it like the day before. This is just gonna be a lot like funny for 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah, I'll just right. gonna, I'm just trying to give everyone a good time. Yeah. I'll take away all the bullshit and mm -hmm. all the, get the violin out for this bit. Mm -hmm. This is a bit where I now I try and turn it around and try and pull a dead relative out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't have any. Like, you take him off and like, hey, I'm fucking getting this one go for you. Every yeah. time, yeah. how's shit. Auntie, uh, whatever getting on now? Oh shit, right, I'm gonna have to think of a different closer for yeah, this. Yeah. Like so yeah, that, so when I finished that show, it was just, I kind of got away with it. I think yeah. about it, it was a great day. Is that in, in Edinburgh or the- Just at Cambridge Fringe. Have you been to Edinburgh as well? Or? No, no, no. I know, sometimes that's best, right? Just to kind of keep it close and just, you're saving money too, right? To be honest, I was. it was more the, I wasn't in a position to go mm -hmm. uh, last year financially and work-wise couldn't have got the time and all yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff yeah. and I was thinking like mm. and then this year again I'd applied for the Cambridge French to do bad guy and I was like well I was confident they'd let me on because I sold out last year in that venue and I don't think anybody else did in that venue last year so I was right. like I was confident they'd have me back yeah, yeah. and I was like right I want to see if it's a show I want to do like, do you know what I mean yeah. like do you enjoy it like yeah exactly so yeah, yeah. like the show at the moment I fucking really enjoy it right. it's the most fun I've had on stage because it's like there's bits in there that are out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. that I've produced I'm trying to perform more because yeah, I know yeah, yeah. I think I've always got away a little bit with the fact that everyone knows a bullshit dickhead a bit yeah. like me right, so right, like cool. it's, do you know what I mean so I'll always get away with with people man that's all it is and right? that's exactly <laughs> what it is yeah I'm one of the, I think like most people go, you remind me of yeah. after I've been on stage yeah. or you remind me of, or did you think? Although the, the best great compliment that I had snatched away from me in, t in five seconds was at a gig earlier this year. Guy comes up to me with his mate and he was like, mate, you really remind like tonight, you really reminded me of Jim Jeffries. So I was like, oh, oh God, that is incredible. I was like, wow. And then his mate goes, yeah, and a bit of toadfish out of neighbours. Oh. And I was like, why did you, could you not have just oh. come back in 10 minutes or got here before him? I just like, start back. It's always a compliment, a giggle. I really like your set. And then they fuck it, don't, don't continue talking. They just, can, <laughs> just give you a compliment. Away, I think it's right. an English thing though. I think they, they say to you, here's have a compliment to bring it down, yeah. and take you down again. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I wouldn't have come up. It's nice when people, I just see that as, because I don't think I'm much like Jim Jeffries other than I've got a bit of a confident swagger about me when I'm saying absolute nonsense. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, you know what I mean? I think it's that thing where you're just like, yeah, don't do it. Like, you said, I think you said once as well you, that, that you, uh, Lewis, you reminded him of Louis C.K. or something, you said that to me as well. Before. Right, okay. A bit of a, but no, I'm not saying that you do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just for the record, uh, Jason doesn't do that at gigs. So he has never asked me to do any of that thing and, and left the door open. Shall I put uh, my trousers back on? No, please do. I'm getting negative it's, vibes about this. It's starting to get very distracting. No, you uh, know, <laughs> I, I've got to admit, when I, when I got to the venue and the woman was like, do you need anything from me? I said, I the guy's bringing the stuff, I just said I'd hire a room. 
room. She needed a pot she, in the corner. And she just looked at me and I was like, it sounds way dodgier than it is. Yeah. Like, I just yeah. need a quiet room with a man. I yeah, barely it's, know. It's very well lit. It's very well lit here. And there are windows, um, and not, no black windows here. <laughs> they did that and like you did the, the show. You know, you rewrote it the night before, right? Yeah, yeah. I get that as well. I mean, I, the, you know, when you do that, that show, it's like you, you and, the, and all those stuff are like, fuck, wait, it's like cramming for an exam. It's yeah, like, yeah. And you're like, oh, the, oh this, I want to make this the funniest, the, the funnest show it can be. And then you're like, oh man, I want to, I want, because you want to do a show that you want to go see. Yeah, rather, yeah. rather than a show because that first fringe one you're saying you're like I'm writing a fringe one with all the narrative thing and it twists and, and you're like that's not for you is it really no, that's, that's yeah. for like the the, the, for the illusory fringe show idea the thing was when I, when I wrote the show with the deeper bits it was stuff that I wanted to say at the time and I felt like you know I was going through yeah. I'd come out of a marriage and mm-hmm. it was you know trying to see the kids and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff and there was a lot of grief going on and, that. and so it was things I wanted to talk and highlight that I just was quite naive of about you know just breakups in general. Mm. I'd been with my ex for like twelve years, so it was just oh, get down, I did, you, wow. you didn't think that you think well, I just I'm, I'm a husband and a dad, and then when I was like you're like oh fuck me, I didn't know it was complicated to do the next bit. Like mm-hmm. I just thought it was like you know I'll, you give me the kids here and I'll give them back there, and uh, yeah. you know and there was a lot of grief and stuff, and it was mm. um, so I did them the way. It was just stuff I wanted to say. Whereas when it came round to performing it at the Fringe, I was a bit like. The show's at six o'clock on a Sunday mm. on a bank holiday weekend. Like, yeah. would I, what would I want to watch? Yeah. I just want to have a laugh and get yeah. drunk. Exactly. And that's exactly what I did. Right. <laughs> well, like, yeah, that's great. There's always, when you do your own show, it's like you always have that a couple of bits and you're like, fuck, man, I love these two. These yeah, two yeah, yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah, the, the, that's what I'm liking about the new show because, again, oh. I decided to write it because I was like, well, you know, it's a writing exercise. I'll yeah. see if I can find something I want to talk about. Edinburgh is a different animal yeah. from what I see, whereas I just see it as if I watch a special, it doesn't yeah. need to have a thing. There's some funny. of the greatest comedians in the world go, I want to be funny for an hour and ten minutes and then I'll see you later. <laughs> so, like, I'm, you know, that's how I see it. It's if Did I laugh? Yeah, I did. Did I learn anything? I couldn't give a shit. Like, yeah, it was funny. totally. I'm not here to make a point. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I think, I know that's kind of frowned yeah. upon it. We wouldn't be award winning or anything like yeah. I couldn't give a shit because if people go away going, the biggest thing for me was last year, now don't get me wrong, if I'd have done last year's show, if I'd have done an Edinburgh run of that show in the new, like where I changed it last minute and it was just a fun show, mm. I reckon that might have worked, say, if I'd have done 10 nights, it might have worked 3 out of 10. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have held up mm. over a lot. But then again, I write on stage, so it might have tightened up. It might Some bits might have yeah. got worse. I might have dropped bits or whatever. You don't know. But at face value, it wouldn't have been the greatest show in the world for mm. anyone who knew what they were looking at. But everybody in that room that day had a good thing. Yeah. I had people come up to me this year going, oh, I came, I came to you last year, so I came Fucking back. Great feeling, isn't it? And that's amazing, because mm. it's still, I don't know what you're like, but it still blows my mind it's a totally. bit when people come over and they've got nice yeah. things to say. Mm. Like, I've been at the gigs I run where I've heard them saying, my sister runs the bar and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I've heard them at the bar going, oh, when's, when's, uh, when's Jason on? Is he in tonight? Like, yeah. And a lot of those people came back. So it's a bit of a way of monitoring it. We had, because we run the bar at a lot of our gigs. We did these big deal poker chips. So uh, when my show sold out this year at Portland, we put a poker chip on every chair for everybody. So what we said was any big deal gig you come to with that chip, we'll get you a free drink. So say thank you for coming. So it was a bit of a way of monitoring how many people have been to gigs and all the rest of it. And it was great. We had people at the weekend came in and they were like, oh, these are things. And they were giving me nice feedback on the show and stuff. And I just enjoyed the show and I've done it couple of times since and it's got tighter still and mm-hmm. I'm just really enjoying doing it there's a couple of bits that are silly in there that I wouldn't mm-hmm. have done before a bit more like some act outs and stuff like that yeah. you know even little things that I was quite I would just always talk through a bit whereas now I might change my voice for a bit or I'll mm-hmm. do this or a bit of fun. It actually mm-hmm. is a bit of stagecraft in there that I'm yeah. trying now whereas there's one bit in there which is silly it's not really got a lot of dialogue it's just mm-hmm. me acting something out mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where I thought of it on the day of the fringe and I thought I'll try it because everyone's mm. here and they're having yeah. a good time 
and it killed and I've done it ever since uh, done it yeah, well probably four or five times since and it shouldn't work but it does and mm -hmm. it's one of those things mm -hmm. really like Love it. and again writing stuff out you couldn't go mm -hmm. you couldn't write what that is out yeah. on paper and it work mm -hmm. but like yeah sometimes you take a chance and it works mm -hmm. doesn't it and that's the yeah. and so you've got that bad guy are you taking it anywhere this year or no anything? I think what I'll do is I'm going to keep tweaking away I might change bits here and there mm. and then I think I'm gonna now I'm enjoying it I think that thing is you just I've got that to that bit where I've caught up right. with I'm, a, I'm the closest I've ever been to me on stage right. so now I can just kind of do things mm -hmm. I can think of something on the way to a gig or something mm -hmm. happened the day before and then it can be in the show that night or on stage and it kind of works and I'll just tweak things so yeah it's quite exciting to do so I think what I'll do is I'm in Edinburgh for, just for a week, which is just going up with some friends, and then um, if I can kind of blag a room and maybe do it a couple of nights, maybe. Right. And if not, I think I'm going to have a full run at everything next year, I think. Right. Whereas, do a full run at Edinburgh next year? I think full run at Edinburgh would probably just... Because I've been, I've been X amount of times, and mm. when you go earlier in the run, everyone's buzzing. Mm. I went the last week of a run once, and everyone looked like they were about to throw themselves off a bridge. Yeah. So I'm like, Meh, maybe I think like that's a bit much. <laughs> so maybe two weeks, I yeah. think. Because yeah, I'm not going up with any illusions. I think I'd go up there and you know and make my name or anything. I just think it'd be a cool thing to do. Someone said to me years ago, like they were they would only go up there when they because if someone does review you, it's mm -hmm. going to be there forever. I was just decided I'd only go up there with something that I can stand by. So if yeah. I got reviewed and it was two stars, it wasn't my thing. Yeah, I'm cool, but I love it. So I'll see you later. Yeah, like, I'm not kidding for my... Whereas a couple of years ago, you'd go, yeah, no, fair play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought that on the shit as well. Yeah, so, yeah, so, right. yeah. Yo, Steve Day, he said the best thing you should do uh, is do ten days. That's enough. And then it yeah, I think that's, yeah, that, to me, that in my head, that mm. sounds perfect yeah. because you can still be enthusiastic about the whole thing but at that point, whereas a month anywhere is a long time. But, yeah, exactly. And I just think, you know, you're, you'll know the same as me. There's plenty of people I know that went up there really promising comedians and just basically that never part. came back. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. That's <laughs> just, it. And then they quit and you think, wow. And it's just they put so, themselves under so much pressure. Yeah personally and financially yeah. to just go gonna do this it destroys now. lives man it destroys lives yeah, yeah and you can see why when people take a health warning but then you know you, you also see dozens of them where you think why are you doing this yeah, you're not even you don't know five yeah, At the, yeah exactly <laughs> you don't five and then and then yeah. they've got the audacity to be like oh just finishing my show on the way on the track so I don't yeah. give a fuck when you started it it's yeah. not gonna be good anyway totally like you can't do this and it's mm -hmm. like I'm under no illusions I could have done it within six months of starting mm. I was listening to Joe Rogan probably I think it was mm. Kevin Hart and he was saying him and all, you know, all the world famous actors, they're, they're taking 18 months to two years to write a show. Now mm. I get that they're making films and that in that yeah, time, yeah. so you could probably cut that down. But what makes a new act think they can knock together an hour in six months mm. when they haven't got five? Mm. It's beyond mm. me. When you've got the world-class comedians going, well, I do have other stuff going on, but yeah. it takes me on average 18 that's months it. to get it. That's it you think, and they can turn up anywhere, and because mm. that's the hardest bit about doing a show, that's right. is going to someone, um, like, if you're a name, you can yeah. rock up anywhere and go, oh, I'm just going to close your club tonight. And they're yeah. like, please do. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas we go, hey, you got 10 tonight, and they're yeah. like, yeah, So the next year you're working towards that in the, the first two weeks of Edinburgh and you're doing the short film, what's the name of it? you have a name for it yet? Or it's not? called Daniel. Daniel, okay, cool. Yeah. You also are on radio, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, just a local radio show. It's called The Big Deal Comedy Hour where basically I do what you're doing, I interview yeah. comedians. Right. So the whole point of that was to, uh, yeah, just interview comedians that people locally wouldn't have heard of that I know are great. So mm -hmm. it's never talk about what's going on if the Corn Exchange has got Jimmy Carr. I mm -hmm. don't care, like yeah. I mentioned. It's not just Big Deal gigs, but we talk about all the other venues that are running around here and what's going on. And the other thing is, well, is... I've thrown it out there that anybody who wants to start comedy, message me, I'll give you an open spot somewhere, Great. I'll get you on a new act, new material. Because, you know, a lot of people are frustrated comedians that just yeah. don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. And I'd have been the same if my mate hadn't just gone, I'll sort it out, let's do yeah. this. You don't know the route, do you? That's it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And um, I was talking to someone on Saturday at a gig. I've met him a couple of times before at other gigs. 
And just out of nowhere, he was like, yeah, I'm a frustrated comedian. Like, I was like, really? Like, I just never would have picked it. But like, and then he was chat, 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 and that's all he could talk about. And I met him two, three times before and it's never come up. So, I mean, I guess I should have noticed by the fact he's coming to comedy, but yeah, you just wouldn't have pictured it. Like, mm-hmm. going, oh, okay. some people you can just tell. Yeah, like, you have a sixth sense, isn't it? It's like, oh, you're I think it's the way they start talking to you as well, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. you can know someone for a while and they're good guys. And then all of a sudden there's just like, Anyway, I walked into the supermarket today, and you're like, all right, okay, cool. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. they're trying to do a bit. Yeah, that's right. That's it. So something in their eyes as well, the tone. The tone it's like, do I change my tone when I talk to you? I don't, do I? Yeah. It's like where they think they've got to kind of whack on the McIntyre voice yeah, when they're going to... That's it. Yeah. Skip a lot. Yeah. So we can find you there doing the Fringe. You can do Bad Guy, um, maybe at some Fringes around the place. And we can find you where? Uh, just... Facebook, Instagram, Big Deal Comedy is the best year. So just a stamp, is it or Big Deal Comedy? Uh, Big Deal Comedy. To be honest, I'm what I'm what I'm trying to do is Big Deal Comedy isn't just about me. Like so, on social media we joke about the fact because I always joke about the arrogance and it was me that came up with a hashtag the takeover and all this kind of stuff. Just because I I think it's funny. You can't Mm -hmm. call yourself Big Deal and be really shy about it. So it's just tongue in cheek bullshit. We're coming for you. We do all this. Come see our nights. You know. We look after everybody, and I think for me, the legacy has got to be big deal rather than what I do. Because if I get fed up with comedy in five years, mm. I still want to be able to say, look, big deal does this. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm not on every lineup. I don't mm. do every gig, but I always mm. make sure it's run the way I get people I trust and you know the right MCs and all this mm. kind of stuff. And you and you do that so you know it's being delivered the right way. You know, we're just trying to do things a little bit different. Like, it's not all about the money. If we see somebody that's been to two or three different gigs, we're like, message me, I'll sort your next tickets out for you. Mm. Like, right. it's. When I do MC and I've, I've given someone a bit of a ribbon or whatever, that when I come out in the next section, I'll be carrying whatever they're drinking. Like, yeah, yeah, give them it's little things like that. Mm-hmm. And the feedback we're getting is great. Mm-hmm. Like I said, out of the 75, 75, 80 people that turned up at my fringe show, as opposed to last year, it was a 50 seat. I reckon I knew half and the other half just took a punt on me. Right. This year out of the 75, 80, I reckon I knew about 10 people. Everybody else I think had either, I did a showcase at a couple of the other venues around on the day and stuff and a lot of people came up, but it already sold out. So like I'd stand in room only and it's, I think it's not an accident in that it was a lot of work around Cambridge leading up to it and plugging the show mm. and doing all it and big deal. It's getting mentioned at every big deal gig. And, mm. But it shows if you put the work in, in an area, then hopefully you'll do all right. But like, mm. You know how people do that all up and down the country is hard work. <laughs> it's hard. I, don't know I mean, it took yeah, it's probably six, seven months of consistently gigging around Cambridge, plugging, shouting about this show and yeah, all the rest yeah. of it, and getting enough people to like eighty people in a room. Whereas, like, you know, to do that any more than that, it's, it's quite hard. Yeah, you know, it's but you know, that's the that's the struggle, I suppose. The so, fun part. mate, Jason Stamp. So, your promoter, comedian, soon to be director. And hopefully actor because otherwise we'll have to scrap the whole thing <laughs> well that's it yeah man well, that's it. All, all the disciplines come up to one man well I think, I think that's it man yeah sorry man nice chatting no, to you sorry for rambling but, um, no no it's great big deal comedy man the takeover, takeover mate yeah it's all mate. about it yeah. but check us out yeah you can yeah. get free if you put a nice comment on there we get free tickets all that kind of nice stuff one. so yeah cool I'll bring the family we'll get you on a lineup. Yeah, no, nice one, that's great. Along, yeah. cheers Jason nice no problem cheers mate And that was episode 78 with a very funny Jason Stamp. I hope you enjoyed that one, guys. If you did, share it, tell your friends. If you like the podcast, you can go to iTunes and leave us a nice review or wherever you receive your podcasts. These are actually on YouTube as well, so if you're going to comment there, just tell us people where we are and what we're up to. If you want to donate to the podcast, you can. Go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect Podcast and donate as little or as much as you want. 
But if you can't afford to donate, that's fine. I know there's a lot of people asking for donations these days. That's fine. Just share your favorite episode and tell your friends. Jason has got a gig coming up for Big Deal Comedy, Socially Distanced, and all the government guidelines are involved in that. I'm sure he runs some absolutely brilliant gigs. Hashtag The Takeover. Big Deal Comedy is running their next gig in October on the 24th. 24th of October in Towns and Gowns. And it's a theatre gig, lovely room. He runs some really lovely gigs. So go and check his stuff out there. If you ever see Jason on the bill, go and see him as well. Very funny guy. He's going to be touring his show called Bad Guy. He's on Cambridge Radio. He's going to be directing and acting in the film he's going to be producing. If you ever hear Jason around the place, go and see him live. Really funny guy. A really good friend of mine. And that's it for this episode. Uh, you can follow it on Twitter, Instagram, all those places, The Comedy Defect. I'm on Instagram at Winter Dominus. I'm on Twitter at Joker underscore Season. Remember, I deleted my Twitter and I had to restart from the bottom. And uh, let's see how many Twitter followers I can get in the next few months. That'd be great if you could just follow me there. And now that's it for this episode, episode 78 with Jason Stapp. Next month, we have for October the amazing, incredible, it's Al Lubell. I remember seeing this guy when I was really young and I managed to get him down at my gig. He's really surreal, incredibly funny. He's been on Letterman like seven times. This guy has got a list of credits, the length and breadth and width and depth of his arm and legs. Uh, so guy, he's got two arms, by the way. He didn't just say one arm. He's got both arms and both legs. But he's brilliant. Really lovely guy. Lovely hour or so chatting with that guy about comedy and, and where he started and why. So that is episode 79 for October, Al Lubel, check us out, end of the month, last Wednesday of the month, in October, just before Halloween. Until then, I know things are getting a bit difficult and frustrating and, and kind of a bit tense for everyone. Just try and be good to yourself and other people because, you know, we're all going through the same sort of uh, sort of odd situation at the moment. So just try and be kind to everyone if you can. I know it's not easy sometimes with all the craziness that's going on. No one knows what's going on, really. We're just fed this really weird lot of information. Some of it's true, some of it's not. What do you believe anymore? I don't know. Just try and be nice to people, that's all. Anyway, the next episode, Alabel, 79, end of October. I'll see you then. <laughs>